Welcome back to Insemination. I am so excited to say that we have our very first recipient parent guest on the podcast. And this recipient parent is the author of My Blueprint series, a series of inclusive books explaining the donor conception process for donor-conceived people. The wonderful thing about these books is there's not just one version. There are versions for all different kinds of families, whether you are two moms, two dads, a mom and a dad, a single-by-choice mom, and a single-by-choice dad, which is absolutely amazing, and I'm totally here for it. A couple of things before we are starting. The conversation that myself and this author are going to have is an incredibly good conversation between a recipient parent and a donor-conceived person. I will say to all of my donor-conceived listeners, there are going to be things said that are probably going to be a little bit triggering. This recipient parent is asking questions that have been in the back of her head that she's been worried about, that she's wondering, and she is a little bit confused by. So we dive into it and we talk about it. And I understand how she might be phrasing some things, might be upsetting for a lot of donor-conceived people, but I ask everybody to please be respectful and hear the whole conversation and hear how she reacts and listens to what I am saying. In my opinion, the only way that we are actually going to move forward is if we have these kinds of conversations. And please also understand that I gave her full permission to ask me these kinds of questions because I was in a place where I can totally do that. So recipient parents and donor-conceived people, please keep it respectful in the comment section. Ask questions with humility and be very conscious about your word choices. We can make huge progress together if we're listening. And remember recipient parents, the donor conception will always affect the donor-conceived person the most. It literally makes up who they are. And that is why it is imperative that we listen to donor-conceived people. And that was way more serious than I like to be. So before we get to the episode, let me remind you, I am a stand-up comedian, even though that was not a phenomenal example of it. And I will be headlining in Princeton, New Jersey, mid-May. Tickets are available on my website, www.laurahighfivefive.com. And also July 23rd at 8 o'clock at the Soho Playhouse, the show Stand Up for Drag that I am producing with the fabulous drag queen Gina Tonic will be happening. Tickets are also available on my website. All proceeds will be going to drag story hour and the transformation project we hope to see you there and now let's get to the episode welcome to the podcast sharon leah thank you so much for thank being you. here you it's so nice to be here i'm so so flattered and honored well you are my very first recipient parent and i am so excited to have a recipient parent on the podcast i think it is so important for recipient parents and donor conceived people to be having these conversations so thank you so much for being on here same sentiments and Yes. What an exciting time to like finally, like 10 years ago, I feel like this wouldn't even be a thing. Oh, God, no. I mean, right? I, I mean, if you told me 10 years ago, like, well, I mean, we had Skype, but it wasn't like the ability to do all of this. I'd be like, OK, right. Star Trek, like whatever. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that we're having these big, open, amazing conversations and doing trying yes. to do right by everybody now and right by yeah. our children and right by adult donor conceived people. Like it's just it's exciting to be having these conversations that used to just be so shadow, you know? I, I do think that it's, it, for me, one of the, the things that I, I absolutely agree on is like, you know, everybody asks me like, how did this, how did this industry go as unregulated for as long as it did? And I'm like, we didn't have community. Mm. We, recipient parents, right. we didn't. Recipient right. parents were told actively by the industry, don't tell them that they're donor conceived. There was always so much shame brought in, like, oh, you're infertile. Um, there was always so much shame put on recipient parents with that. And there was so much fear, and like, no one knew who each other was. And we come you're to so right. 
And so no one could share these stories and realize like, oh my God, there's such a, there's, there, we're missing all of these holes in terms of understanding what donor conception is, how to talk to our children about this, what we should actually be asking the industry because we were kept in the dark for so long. And that caused so many problems. And you're absolutely right. Oh, oh, sorry for cutting you off. We, we've got <laughs> no, that awkward. We have the awkward Zoom delay. Where we it's do. It's like one yes. second, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's I, I, I a thousand percent agree, and it's, um, it's just a really interesting time too because I think even in parenting circles, we've been so, yeah, we've been so not child centered. Yeah, and, and like it's like we we just came up with with like child centered parenting, like just like recently, like what have we been doing, you know? So, um, yeah, thank you for giving a voice to to all parties involved and for having me as the first. Oh RP. my god! Well, th thank you. No, it's for my my goal, and I and I say this, and and I know my 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 listeners have heard me say this is my goal is I want donor conception to be available. I just want it safe and ethical for. Uh, donor conceived people, obviously, recipient pa parents and donors, because right now it is not safe and ethical for any of those parties. And even Amen. though it might feel safe for certain parties, it just isn't. Right. Um, <laughs> and I and I find that to be really, um, really unfair. And I for me, you know, I I have a very, very good relationship with my parents. I'm exceptionally close with my mother. So her and I have had those conversations so many times talking about like her struggles with infertility, what she was feeling. And that was something that I I always understood and empathized and understood where she was coming from. And I always got that. And I always had that sympathy and understanding. And so that to me is like a big piece of my framework as a donor conceived person. And that's an incredible um trait to sort of be able to see things from two different sides. I think in this world, we have, you know, this war. I don't, I don't want to be dramatic by saying war, but, you know, the RP people go into their corner and the DCP people go into their corner. And it's like, it's so important for us to be able to share in common commonalities and understanding. Well, um, and the fact that you can do that within yourself <laughs> as one person is is amazing. Well, it's it's one of those things where I mean, I, honestly, yeah, I mean, it's it there. There are times like because, you know, sometimes you, you do read a comment section and it can get into war. And I'll be per perfectly honest. There have been some grenades that I have totally thrown as well. I wonder, if, I've been, I wonder if you blew me up once with a grenade. It's very possible. We'll have to go back and uh, we'll have to history. go back and check. Um, <laughs> I, I typically I, I usually I throw the grenades on um, Instagram and uh, TikTok. Oh, OK, that's yeah. Usually nope. where I throw grenades, but um, All right, cool, cool. but typically I'll I can I feel like I'm de and I and I totally I, I probably screw up a lot, but I feel like I, I I go I throw grenades based off of I would say word choices, um yeah. because for me I'm like I do not expect perfection from recipient parents in the least bit. I know and expect mistakes for them to say things that are wrong, for them to say things that are politically correct. I know that that's what's going to happen, but there is no way we are going to get better. We are going to learn unless we have honest, humble, good conversations. And I... And to me, there is a distinct difference between the recipient parents who I can tell are trying. Maybe they still have a ways to go. Maybe they're still screwing up their their verbiage, but I can tell they're trying versus mm -hmm. the recipient parents who, like, do not give a fuck. And right. you can tell who those are. You yes. know who they are immediately. You can tell it just by their by their phrasing. Um, and 
them I have no problem just going like, all right, fuck off, jump shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that I don't give a shit. But I will always, always, anybody who wants to ask questions with humility, God, I'm fucking there with you. I will be there for you for hours with those conversations, dissecting the nuance. I will fucking do that with you. Um, I want to sit down with your parents and be like, so how do you parent? Because you did an amazing job. <laughs> oh, my God. That's very, very, very sweet. Uh, my parents are I was well, I mean, I was one of the lucky ones because um, I'm 30. I'm about to I'm going to be 35 this week. Jesus Christ. But God, you're um, so old. Oh, and I um, I say that from someone who's older than you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I'm very but for I was told at the age of 14 that I was donor conceived. And so for my age group, that is so rare, such a gift. My parents told my pediatrician immediately like, hey, she's donor conceived. And my pediatrician was always part of that conversation, advocating for my rights. And my parents always were like, no, no, no we're definitely going to tell her. Um, and I. So and I look at that and even though, yes, at 14 years old and I would say in today's terms is looked at as like that's a late discovery. Right, right, right. I look at it as my parents were insanely progressive for their time. I was. Yes, I was just about to use those same words. Like oh, they, my God. They get it. They, they intrinsically they intrinsically have the, the parental. Yeah. Je ne sais quoi that we wish all parents did. Well, and everybody always asks, like, what do your parents think about all the advocacy you're doing? I'm like, one, my parents think it's fucking cool and they're really proud of me. Um, <laughs> I'm like, my mom took the ancestry test with me to compare our DNA results. Um, my mom bought me my ancestry and 23andMe test. She actually bought me both at the same time so that we could compare them to make sure I got the same results. And um, she drove me to drop off the letter at my donor's office. And my dad had has been um, with all the law because my dad's such a political nerd. And so with like all the laws and advocacy and stuff that I'm doing, he thinks he's nerding out so much. He thinks it's <laughs> so cool. And he's just like, you were in the Raymore building in a sperm suit. Oh, my God. And he's been nerding. And he's so Wait, you were in a sperm suit. Like, yes. For real? Oh, yeah. No, there's there's oh, video footage of me in the Raymore building. Okay. Yes. Yeah. See, I, I was a late learner of, of you. And I'm just now catching up on all your incredible videos. And I'm just oh, like, thank I'm going to have to take a whole weekend and binge these because I definitely miss the sperm suit. Definitely check out the sperm suit. If um, I will say if uh, it's available on both Instagram and and TikTok. But if you specifically it, if you want to sort of shortcut it, you go on to TikTok. I have all these playlists and one is labeled donor conception. So you can see all my donor conception videos there. Unreal. There's all of them there. It's like over 300 videos. But the, the sperm suit stuff is in there. Um, Unbelievable. But I'd love to talk about your journey as a sure. recipient parent. So Okay. Um, if you don't mind me asking, why did you choose donor conception? Um, I chose, well, so I am, I am the parent of a double donor conceived child. Oh my goodness. Um, yes. So let's just, let's just throw out the complications from the beginning and then work backwards. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, I, it's very weird. I always had this weird feeling. Like I remember being like in high school and being like, dating's not going to work. I'm not going to meet someone. And I'm going to be one of those parents who uses a sperm donor, which, you know, like saying that to yourself 25 years ago was like a derogatory kind of like, oh, I don't want to end up like that lady. You know? Yeah. I was just like, I'm just like, I just knew it wasn't adding up. I, I don't know why. I think it's probably some combo of like liking the bad boy, but being from more of like a traditional background and just never being able to marry the two types. And like, you know, I, I love my you, you the single by choice. Rock it out. Like, that's fantastic. Yeah. 
Well, so, you know, times changed and I was pushing, you know, 40. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it was, you know, you get to a point. I mean, I always feel like there's some people who were like, I just know when they're like 28. And I'm like, how do you know? But for the rest of us, we're like, okay, I'm 39 and a half. Let's date for three more months. Okay. I'm four. Okay. I'm 41. All right. You know, you know, like you're, you're just figuring out how much time you have left to not become uh, like a sperm donor mom, you know? Um, so yeah, so I, um, well, I don't remember necessarily exactly what you asked me, but about how I became a, a, yeah, why, why why you chose donor conception? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I had to. Ultimately, I didn't have a choice. For me, it was actually, I wanted to experience pregnancy. I was like, I was born with this body. And because I sucked at dating, like the rules of the universe or that you can't procreate, like it was so unfair. So I started the journey um, with an anonymous sperm donor. And I actually, to the credit of the, um, the donor conceived groups, um, some of which hate me, um, <laughs> And again, I should be nuanced with that. I think I just like happened to say the wrong thing accidentally. Like I'm a huge, like, you know, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of all the change happening. But there, um, there is a lot of, I will say, um, when it, when it comes to donor conception and it's stuff that I've also had to had to learn as well, um, because obviously my experience is not everybody, but there are specific um there are specific terms that I, I always I always think are good, always good to say. And there I would say I'm trying to think of the right word. There is an inclusive language when talking about donor conception that I think is so important to have specifically about when it's talking about donor conceived wants, health, um, that that always needs to be there and recommended. And I think also for donor conceived people, and this is just something for like all recipient parents to always keep in mind is this is a group that is just finding their voice now. I mean, yes, literally I so agree with that. They're just finding their voice now. This is a group that no one has given a f like no one's thought about us. Even they're donor conceived people who I've spoken to literally a few weeks ago when I'm like saying, hey, there's a great community of us. And they're like, I never even thought of us as a community. We're, it's something you're so right and it's finding its way right it's it almost is. kind of like um i i hope this doesn't sound pejorative if it, if it does i guess you could just i don't even know out. what pejorative means so this is okay, gonna work fine. out great i don't even know if i'm using it correctly <laughs> um but it's almost like an adolescence of a community when you're just like no you're not going to tell me what to do mom dad like there's and that's not to infantilize this community which is i've learned so much from but there's um there's a lot of figuring out that still seems to be happening in there. And it's, I'm not sure it's been great for the dynamics between donor conceived people and recipient parents. Um, so all that to be said, I learned so much when I joined those groups. And what I did learn was the importance of not using anonymous donor. So I'm so grateful yes. for that. So I actually changed donors um, to a an 18 plus disclosure. Mm -hmm. um, and after a couple of times with my own eggs and, you know, I'd had a couple of miscarriages and I was in my early 40s and I have breast cancer in the family and mm. just didn't really want to do a lot of uh, hormonal treatments. I wanted to kind of get the show on the road. Um, and at that point, I used a donor egg as well mm -hmm. and also chose an 18 plus. Um, so I'm the parent of a two and a half year old who has a genetic uh, donor genetic mother, donor genetic father. Wow. Yeah. So that's, wow. that's the story in a nutshell. With a with a little bit of a diversion right there. I mean, <laughs> I I mean you're I I that is that is the, I mean that is complicated. There is going to be a lot of nuanced conversations that yeah, are going to are. be oh god yes there yes. there definitely are. Um, I just want to um, I just want to piggyback on 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 one thing. 
I think right now with a lot of the the donor conceived groups right now and and I do back this up tremendously is right now the focus is protecting donor conceived people protecting donor conceived people and I and that to me right now and it is something for recipient parents I think to understand is there are so many donor conceived people and obviously I've had some of them on my podcast and I've had and I've shared their stories is the horror stories that have existed um and the the trauma that has been I would say left unchecked for decades mm-hmm. is gotten to a boiling point and as that's a much better way of putting it than how I did <laughs> but you <laughs> but know that's what? what I'm but here that's, to learn right? but that but that's why we have these conversations because <laughs> right, these right, again right. these these are important conversations to be having yeah. um and I think what's where we are right now is donor conceived people are finding them each other for the very first time. And I know that I experienced this as well. When I first joined these groups, I remember having a very visceral reaction because uh, these donor conceived people were talking about like their trauma of not knowing who their of donor was, of their trauma with uh, anonymity. And I remember thinking to myself like, oh, oh, my God, that's like so overblown. Like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, my God. And I had a very just like, oh, like just kind of like feeling with that. But but at the same time, I was having this little voice in the back of my head going, maybe these feelings ha- have always been okay to feel. Mm-hmm. And it was, and the reason I had all of those visceral reactions and I realized that was I had been feeling those same feelings my entire life, but I knew I was not allowed to express them. Mm. And it wasn't that I wasn't told, like not, neither, neither of my parents like told me this. This was just something innately that is in so many donor conceived people. And well, also they didn't, as, as wonderful as they were with doing all the right things, they mm-hmm. probably didn't even know to say to you, hey, if you're feeling these particular feelings, oh, that's no. okay too, because they yeah. wouldn't even know that you were experiencing those particular feelings. Hey, if you feel exactly. trauma because we did this, that's okay. You can even tell us, you know, all that stuff. And that's, that's some of the really valuable stuff I've gotten from these groups. Exactly. And I think that... It's we're getting validated for the very first time and Mm -hmm. being in and it's so powerful when you get to talk to another donor conceived person and they're saying they're they're telling you their story and they're expressing their feelings. And for the very first time, you're going, oh, my God, I have felt that my whole life. I never allowed myself to feel it. Were these feelings always okay? Right. Oh my! And it and it has been some of the most healing things I've gone through as an adult is listening to other donor conceived people be able to just talk about these feelings that I buried so deep inside. And so yes, yes I will say at right now donor conceived people are and I and I am one of them that is so protective of each other because right now we're just cheering each other on to go like yes, talk about your feelings baby. Go do it. Right, and right. so we are very protective of our own and but now in the large grand scheme of things, um, now if we want to be effective for change, is it important that we get RPs on our side and understanding where we are coming from and figure out a, a language to communicate in that is much more receptive um, and welcoming to recipient parents? Fuck yes. I absolutely believe that uh, we need recipient parents to make these changes happen because, hey, y'all got the purse strings. You're the ones who are the clients. We're not. We need that. And if we want the next generation of donor conceived people to have the things that we didn't have, we need to communicate things in a way that is a lot more 
empathetic to your mm-hmm. stories. Right. I do not. And one thing I do not stand for at all on my in my comment section is anyone putting down people who struggle with infertility. I do not stand for that. That is not something I'm ever OK with when anybody does that. Well, you're just infertile. So fuck you. Just go deal with it. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's a real fucking trauma. You do not just do that. That is a real trauma. And you isolating that person is is why we are in the situation we are in now. Absolutely not. That is not how we we do it. You're so beautifully convicted on that. I love that. Oh my, yeah. I mean, it's it's basic human empathy, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> yes, and, yes. And I get there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of trauma, but we have to show humanity. So can you tell? I'm starting young. I'm like, everybody, help me raise a well-rounded child. Tell me what I need to do. Yes. I want her to be proud of whatever heritage she identifies with. I want her to be proud of her recipient parent. I want her to be proud of her genetic parents. It's all. It's it's. It's either going to be um, very complicated or just very interesting. <laughs> Can I also just say I love that you're referring to her donors as her genetic parents. I love well, that. They are. They are, <laughs> they are. But there yeah. are so many recipient parents who would like they they would rather they would rather slam their hand in a car door before calling their <laughs> calling their donor their, their, their child's genetic parent. I really appreciate that a lot. Um, and I think that 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 just immediately already is going to I I just think that there's so much good from that already so I and so I'm going to change my lingo in this conversation and say genetic parent uh, because I've been referring to it (laughs) as a donor you know it makes the most sense to me I mean I I do understand I do understand parenting to Mm -hmm. be a verb um I don't think they're her like parents like no there's a big difference Right. But look, on a family tree or if you, you know, on a chart, you have a line that means parent-child. Yes. On, on like electronics, you have parent-child. So how I'm using parent, maybe it's not the right way. Do I think, you know, do I think they're her mom and dad? I, I don't feel like they're her mom and dad, but I do know they're her genetic parents. I know that's like a nuanced splitting hairs thing, but it, to me, I refer to it as a parent, not as a doing parent, but as a, as a kind of a, kind of a a shorthand chart, like genealogy mm-hmm. kind of thing, if that makes sense. <laughs> I, I I just appreciate that you're not go because I because one of my pet peeves with a lot of I would say with society and with recipient parents is when they kind of go like, well, it's just the donor. And I'm like, right, that's just half of your child. Like, right, 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 right. it's it's literally and it's something that I, I, I beg recipient parents to can, kind of think about that. It's like the more you dull out and you shadow the genetic parent you're literally shadowing out half of your child they are innately going to feel shame about half of their dna half of who they are please don't do that don't just cover up with you know brush under the carpet the 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 genetic parent don't do that this I mean, is... I can't say I like I'm not like perfect. Like there are times I just like I'm just like the donor. Like I do say the donor. I don't say I, I call donor. my I call I call my donor a donor. I think it, it's right. all depending on the donor conceived person. Everyone has different right. preferences. She may be like, stop calling them my genetic parent, or she may be like, I want to call him daddy. Like I, she has permission to live her life according to her value system and her sense of identity. So that she can be a psychologically healthy person. That's like all I care about. I love it. But I think starting off with genetic parent, I think is such a strong Mm -hmm. choice. And I think it's a, in my, in my humble opinion, because everybody knows like, guys, I'm a fucking stand-up comedian. I am not a child (laughs) psychiatrist. Okay. Take what I say with a 
grain of salt. I yeah. feel like that is very validating. And then she can That's take very good to know. Yeah. And I feel that way at least. And then I think that yeah. she, then, yeah, she, whether what, whatever she, cause she might say like, no, he's the donor and that's what yeah. I'd rather or right. whatever it is. And I love that you are already mentally going to those places. Um, oh, I'm already going to the 16 year old slam the door. Fuck you. You're not my real mom. Like I've already gone yes. there and I've already dealt with it in my head. Like, you know, yes. I mean, one thing, I'll tell you one thing that I don't like as a recipient parent. And I get it that it's called this in the literature is like the social parent thing. I do feel a little belittled by that. Let me say, I get that. I really, I really do. And for, for example, I under any, and this is just me. And I'm not telling any donor conceived person what to do. I refuse to call my dad my social dad. Um, I refuse to do that. So we're kind of basically on the same page. Um, it's like it kind of feels I, I, absurd to you. Well, it, it it doesn't feel absurd. I just don't Sorry feel. To put that into, oh no 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 no, no 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 It doesn't feel absurd. I totally get it, and I understand, and I do think it is a shorthand. Um, and yes. I and I do think I have referred to my dad as my social dad in like quick conversations with donor conceived people because it's just it's right. I think for most of us, it's, it's shorthand your lingo, right? Is it's, it your, it's, it's lingo. It's inside yeah. lingo. It's shorthand. It's to yeah. understand because when we are saying, oh, my dad, well, which dad are you referring to? And right. I think that because there are people who refer to their donors as dad. And right. I do think it is a, just a shorthand. Um, yes. But for me, I don't feel comfortable calling my dad my social dad. That just doesn't, it's something, and whenever I've had to do it for shorthand, I've never liked it. It's always made me feel uncomfortable because I'm like, no, right. that's my, because for me and me, and again, not telling donor can see people what to feel about this. For me, I'm like, no, that's my dad. And yeah, I will say and let you know this, um, my, my dad and I have, um, there's not been one day in my life where I've never thought about my dad as not my dad, not a single day in my life. I have never said to him, you're not my real dad. That <laughs> thought never even came that never like I didn't I never right. even had that in the barrel to chuck at him. <laughs> right, right. Even well, when him uh, and yes. I were screaming at each other at times. Right. Never right. did. Like, you know, this was the guy that, you know, we he he made um a musical mix for me to listen to when I was in the car with him and we would just be belting out you, you know, the fantastics together. Um, oh, I love that musical theater fan. I kind of want to meet your parents. Okay? <laughs> they are pretty cute. My I, my my dad's favorite musical is The Fantastics. He has seen that um, over thirteen times. That my, was my first Broadway show. Yeah, it's oh, to it's see fabulous. I mean, it's yeah. it's wonderful. He's seen it in different languages. He's seen it um, with two moms, not two dads. Um, and then my mom's favorite is Chorus Line, and she saw that seven times on Broadway with the original oh. cast. Oh, I love these people. I wish I still lived in New York. I'd be like at their door already, being like, "Can we hang?" Oh, we definitely um, did a lot. <laughs> of like musicals were um i i mean i didn't i didn't they uh like my my we never had like you know i would say popular music playing um i never knew what the number one hits were but i knew every ella fitzgerald and louis armstrong song uh, yes i mean that's I, what I'm, i knew because that was like my dad was like i'm, I'm you're, you're gonna listen to good music <laughs> <laughs> no i'm i'm i kind of grew up in a very similar we were a sing-along dorky yeah someone's playing piano someone's singing i'm a classically trained singer and Love broadway it. i ended up in a different career but broadway is kind of where i was headed and yeah i mean songs from carousel and sound of music and that that's my world too um so you know not and not to get too off track but i was actually going to bring up another point on what you were saying I've also seen a lot of, you know, so in some of these best practices circles that are 
more militant about what you can and can't say. Mm-hmm. So like, I want to bring up the dirty word dibbling. So mm. this is a, okay. an example. And this is like, so this is like, I don't use the word dibbling because I have for been told for that every it's... for anyone who do, who doesn't know what the word dibbling means is dibbling is referring to donor sibling, um, dibbling, um, that that yeah. just just uh yeah so so yeah, please half sibling half mm-hmm. sibling through the same donor so you know everyone's just like we don't use that word that's a dirty you know there's and I absolutely get that then I think this is a new you know it's oh it's not child centered but this is a new generation of kids growing up knowing their siblings. Mm-hmm. So I can almost see it, you know, I'm going to use the word pejorative again. Hopefully, if my English teacher is listening, I'm using it right. I can definitely see a case for where it's pejorative. If you grew up not knowing them, you mm-hmm. didn't do your, you didn't do a Disney trip every year with your quote unquote dibblings. Mm-hmm. I'm only, I'm saying quote unquote, because I don't want to be offensive to people who hate that word. But the policing of using the word when it, it actually maybe for the new generation is quite lovely. So that's, that's an, I don't have an opinion on this. This Mm -hmm. is just, I'm sort of stuck in this. This is, you know, back to just what's happening in these groups and what's happening in the conversation Mm -hmm. and how polarizing it can be. Like, I feel like that's a perfect example of sort of this polarizing, you know, like the new generation of donor conceived, you know, families or or recipient parents with donor conceived kids, like they're doing it differently, you know? And so like, yeah. so in that case, like, do we go with the old generation or do we, like, do we, you know, it's just an interesting I don't want to be going, I don't want to be, I don't want to be see recipient parents being beaten up for using a terrible word. Yeah. I also don't want people to be using a terrible word. And so I think a lot of recipient parents were sort of confused. Like, what do we do? Do we say, screw all of you? Wait, we're the parents? Or do we say, oh gosh, maybe we shouldn't use that word? Or should we just not tell anyone? Re- <laughs> it's very, uh, it's a very complicated, you know, um, dynamic going on with with language around all this. It totally is. And um, I will, again, I'm going to just throw my two cents into it um, as to at least my experience with it, um, with dibbling. And again, I'm sure other uh, donor conceived people are going to have different opinions. And that's totally awesome. Uh in general, if like, you know, if we, we just take out, I think the word dibbling is like, that's just, I mean, again, like my comedic sensibility is like, that's a great, funny word. Dibbling is funny. It's a portmanteau. Uh, it's, a, it's great. <laughs> the issue that I have unfortunately developed with the word dibbling is, I'm trying to figure out, is I have watched a lot of recipient parents um, and I have gotten into, unfortunately, some fights with recipient parents. Um. There are recipient parents who see no problem with their children having 100 dibblings, and they have no problem with the fact that their child's pod is 100 people. And um, when we have tried to be like, do you understand that that's going to be traumatic for your child? And they're like, no, it's cute. They have all these dibblings. Oh, no, no, no. But like they have we're going to have a dibbling reunion and they're trying to use the word dibbling to make it sound cutesy when we're trying to be like, this isn't OK that your child has 100 siblings. So how do you, do you think not... it's about the number? It's more about the the sort of uh, the unethical part of the dibbling construct and the infantilizing of, it's, of a word that's more serious. It's to me, it's using it. It's using this very cutesy word to make unethical practices seem okay. And oh, that's very interesting. That at least that's has so, 
That's interesting. I had not thought about that. That is my personal experience, and that is why I have moved away from the word. Um, or I, I should say at least I'm totally cool if donor-conceived people use it. I'm like, yeah, cool. Rock on. That's our right, word. Right, right. But you get the right. right? Rah, you rah. have the right to, yeah. But I have had issues with, because I've, I've now run into this a few times with recipient parents, where they use it as a, like, well, we can just put, like, stickers on this horrible, unethical activity, and it can be fine. And that has been what dibbling has become and what I, and why I have sort of um not been now okay with it when I've heard because it's 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 not a red flag but it's like it's it can be like maybe a pink flag potentially when I hear a recipient parent use it because it's been used to cover up actual problematic things that's interesting it's not really like a direct link in a way that the recipient parent understands so it almost signifies that they're just so far from the understanding of the whole industry, yes. not that there's anything wrong with the word dibbling, but the implication in dibbling is just this big, cute tribe. And that's what it is. It's It feels like it's throwing stickers and glitter over trauma. And that's very interesting. that has been at least my experience with it. I, I don't know about other donor conceived people um, and their opinion, but at least that has been my experience. And that's really and it's it really has made me very upset, um, especially when it's come to pod size. And it's been like. I don't understand how you are okay that your child has a hundred siblings. I don't, I do so not would you, understand Would that. you agree? So would you say as a recipient, now I'm like interviewing you, would you, would you like us to just not, I'm, obviously you can't speak for all DCP, can't speak to all, would you like us to just not use that word? I don't actually use it because of this, <laughs> but I, but I'm not going to be mad if this new generation grows up and loves the word, here, but here, do you, here. but do you believe it's something that it's a, it's a, a like a, linguistic practice that should be phased out um i do not speak for all donor conceived people on this one at least that this is just me and my opinion i am <laughs> not i am not i am not the queen of donor conceived people in the least bit i personally you speak very well for your community though and that's I, wonderful. Well, thank you but i i we will we i we need to keep me my feet on the ground because i i work very very hard to try and keep it, it's i i try and keep a a very I need to always ensure that my feet are on the ground and that I keep my head humble with that because I I know I'm going to fuck up at some point. Uh, I've already fucked up at many points and I got to make sure that I can always have the ability to to learn and to pivot and to grow um, yeah. because I do take the my community's safety and health and happiness very, very seriously. And I always want to make sure that I am um a strong voice but not an arrogant voice but anyway uh but thank you but he here so for me i don't i don't give a shit about the word i don't i don't care i don't care you use the word dibbling i don't give a shit go i don't care what i care about <laughs> is how you're using it and that you are understanding and you you're protecting your kid like that is what i care about i love that that's what i care about and i and, love that and i've just seen dibbling used in these very toxic conversations with recipient parents and it sort of has gotten this bad color on it and that's so fascinating i love i love the way you were able to explain that because that's something that you know i have a knee-jerk reaction when i see it in groups and i want to be like you're not supposed to use that word you know like i get really into it and then i'm like i don't really know why though like I do, but it's, I don't, but I do. And that really explains it. It's, it's you, in the history. It's become a bit of a tarnished. It's become ickiness. a tarnished thing. And so for yeah. me, it's like, no, I don't care. And if in like 20 years, like we're all saying dibbling, I'm not going to give a shit. What I care right. about is that it's become this cutesy word to protect on ethical activity. 
And that is what I care about. So brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, Thank you for explaining that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And but what we in my opinion, what I really want to get into and we and I'm sure we're going to go more into we'll, we'll probably trail off into other things is your awesome book series. Oh, thank you. That um, makes me so happy. Because <laughs> your you your book series is not something that I had available as a child. Um, and it's it's so important for recipient parents to have access to I, – I, I know it's a children's book, but it is educational content for recipient parents – is you write basically, I would say, personalized books – for ex- uh, for donor conceived people, ex- not personalized, just sort of lots of categories. You have I don't, like, yeah, I don't but put the names of the people in there or anything. I mean, it's not that personalized. No, but I I do love though how accessible and inclusive they are because you it's it's uh, can I say like your blueprint series? Would that be the right terminology? Yeah, sure. Your blueprint series, and it's, I call it my I call it my donor story, and I don't want to get it confused with like the kid calling it their donor. Yeah. It's my donor story. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the my donor story series. And it's yes. And and each book is a mirror of the uh, the other one. There's 10 characters that grace the cover of mm-hmm. these 30, 30 books, um, a boy and a girl character for each family type. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so we have two dad families, two mom families, mom and dad family, single moms by choice and single dads by choice. And then broken I down. That. I love that so <laughs> broken much. down into the type of conception. So there's embryo donation double donor egg donor and sperm donor so all of that ended up being about 30 books together i i really i really like that you ensured that inclusivity because obviously i i think that it is and i mean obviously donor conceived centered and the fact that you know they they can have a book that's literally their story is so important but i really do think a big piece of your book that i think is going to do a lot of good is that it's going to make the recipient parents feel safe and seen and more able to kind of go like oh shit i can see me in this book that's us that's that's, our couple interesting i haven't heard um i haven't heard it put that way and that that makes my heart pitter-patter a little bit (laughs) i because i do think a big piece of our um our hurdle that we have to that we have to get through is the insecurity that a lot of recipient parents feel Mm -hmm. and i and that is something that i i will get on the phone with so many and i've talked to so many recipient parents in the in in my in my message because they're like i'm just so scared what if my kid doesn't love me i'm not the biological parent are they ever going to see me as a parent and and i always again i say the exact same thing that i just said about my dad that is like i have never once not looked at my dad as my dad and i'm like just trust i'm like as long as you are putting in the time and you are valuing your child and you are respecting your child and you are loving your child for who they are and you are giving space for them and who they are i'm like trust trust yourself mm-hmm. love your kid what a wonderful that's a gift to give um recipient parents because i think right now i'm really i guess i should only speak for myself because i'm sort of i'm kind of out there um you know kind of in social media listening and maybe mm-hmm. talking a little bit too much but i think um i think we're a little bit scared you know yeah. um or I, again i'm yeah i'm only talking to myself but we're scared. We've done the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the message we're getting is, you know, especially those of us who've used 18 plus disclosure or anonymous donors mm-hmm. that we've done something terrible to our children. We've traumatized our children. So we are, I think we're running around a little bit um, ashamed. And yeah, I love that you're allowing us to not 
necessarily feel that you can work on change. So the, you know, and we can work on it together in the industry, you know, needs this change and, and it will happen. And in the meantime, we can have our children, love our children, give them good lives. I get a lot of families messaging me going, I, oh my God, I think I just did everything wrong. I just screwed up my child. Um, she's six months old now. Have I already traumatized her? Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think some of that is coming from the messaging we're getting from the donor conceived community. Cause I don't, I think before that nobody would have, it was so underground and so quiet. People weren't even yeah. talking about how they felt about it, which was its own problem. Which is why, it's so, <laughs> which is why it's so good that we are having these conversations. Yeah. And again, and, 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 and again, it's, it's tough because do I think that using an anonymous donor is playing with fire? Always. Yes. I, I do yeah. think that that is unfortunately a very unsafe choice. But do I also understand that for the majority of the infertility industry, the industry was telling you, no, 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 use an anonymous donor, pushing the and that was so normalized. Why would you question any other thing? Absolutely. And, and I'm so glad there's been a movement. And and I eliminating that option. And I do understand that there's so many parents who are like, I just that's but that's what the the person with the lab coat and the official, you know, doctor (laughs) certificate on the wall said that's a doctor. I'm supposed to trust them. And I I so understand and I get that. Um, And I think 18 open ID 18 plus is a good step in the right direction. But obviously open ID is the best and it it is it is it is honestly for just not not even just emotional but just physical safety for your child's health i do think that that is 100 percent the best decision to make but i do trying to figure out how, how to phrase this correctly um and i will always advise parents to find an open ID donor. I've now been looking at every single cryo because you can see every single donor catalog. When you say open ID, just to be clear, you're talking about 18 plus or literally you can know everything about them from the beginning. When their I say, name, their address. When I say like an open ID or a known, I'm meaning like from birth. But if I'm saying like um, open ID at 18, then I'm just referring to 18. Um, uh-huh. So I apologize. You, There are known donors from birth that are available at most cryobanks now. And you can find them. Like they are available. I I, I literally, you can look and find them. And I, I have found them at almost every single bank. Our anonymous donors still there. And I know that it is going to be more work and you will have slightly less choice. I would ask you to push yourself to get the known donor because we're going to, I would say, change the needle with your, with the money. That's how we get the industry to change because it is a capitalistic society and that is how we get them to change is we have to affect their pocketbooks. So having recipient parents and really saying like, no, you, I know it's going to be more work. I understand it will be more work. I'm not, not pretending that it's not. But if, we, if we're going to make anonymity banned, if we're going to get rid of them, if they're going to stop having anonymous donors, then you, you got you to gotta pick these other ones. So for the donor-conceived community <laughs> that you think, you know, that you speak for, <laughs> um, when you say, you know, having a known donor, are you trying to make sure that our children know the name and the face and the relatives and the family tree of like, mm. and when I say family tree, like, like hang out at a barbecue, yeah. know these people, or do you just simply want them to have the option to know the people, these people, if they want to and have access to crucial medical information? What is it that the community, that your corner of the community is looking for in the case of 
not even an 18 plus being acceptable. No from birth. Totally. Um, and that is great, great, great question. And again, I, I'm going to, again, this is more than happy to hear from donor conceived people in the comment section if they disagree or have a different version of this. Um, this is my, um, this is at least from, I would say my standpoint is I personally believe that everybody has the right to know who their biological parents are from birth. They, um, and they have the, the, the option to know, um, and there's a big piece of, and there's many multiple reasons as to why one, obviously there is the, there is just the basic of medical information that that's obviously that's crucial. That is number one, that is just basic safety. There've been so many donors who are, who are, um, um, Oh my God. Diagnosed. There's the word. Um, yes. Even a few years later after that they donated with something right. exceptionally critical that's going to affect the donor conceived person's life. So having that contact with the donor immediately from birth is something that is crucial and life-saving. Um, the... I do think it should be up to the donor conceived person of how much of a relationship or dialogue they have with the donor. Uh, we are donor conceived uh, dot com has done some great surveys um, about, you know, donor conceived feelings, wants, and I would say um, what would be the right word uh, history and like what they've gone through. Go check it out. Um, the majority of but what they basically showed was that the majority of donor conceived people want to have donor conception ban anonymity. Um, I believe it was like 80, 85, 89. It was something in the 80s, like something between 80 to 89 percent of donor conceived people want to see anonymity banned. And that's pretty strong. Um, so obviously that's not every donor conceived person. So that's why I want to put that little asterisk. But the majority do. And. I do think it is important to have that option. And a big reason why, like when you talk to donor conceived people about why. Why do you want that? What, what, why did it affect you? And the stories that I have heard that have been very powerful to me are the donor profile that they had, had their donor listed as someone who played the cello. Their donor played the cello. That was their thing. And knowing that their donor played the cello was very impactful to them. And because of that choice, they chose to do after-school musical activities because that was in the donor profile. Um, or finding out that their donor was into politics. They just were like, well, maybe maybe I'll naturally if my donor, if my biological father was was really into politics, maybe I'll have like a natural knack for it as well. They go into politics. And for us who had none, and, and I did not have a donor profile whatsoever, but for those of the those of them who did, not and again, not everybody, but those little little pieces, those little rays of understanding of trying to figure out some genetic mirroring, have tried to grasp onto straws to find out what their DNA means to them. And for me, um, you know, a small thing for me is, and I know this sounds so silly, but like I have extremely curly frizzy hair. It doesn't look that way right now, but I have extremely curly frizzy hair. I'm the only one in my family with cur curly frizzy hair. No one in my family does. It's all pin straight. 
um, you know, bone straight. And I, no one knew how to take care of my curly frizzy hair. It was just a blunt cut. I had that triangle cut <laughs> my whole life. It was awful. I was constantly made fun of. It was always a problem. Um, and finding out and seeing photos of like, seeing my donor having curly hair, seeing that photo and seeing that for the first time, seeing my donor conceived sibling and having this beautiful wavy hair and realizing that all these different pieces of my identity, seeing that my, my donor is an OBGYN and then seeing how many of my siblings are in the medical field. Um, and thinking, well, if I knew this, would have I maybe tried maybe a little bit differently? Would I have maybe attempted to look into the medical field? Would that have changed my mind in any way if I if I had that conversation with him, if I knew that? Um, it almost sounds like what you're saying is like when we talk about nature versus nurture, mm -hmm. we're eliminating the ability we're eliminating a big piece of nature um, by not giving our children access to understanding their nature. And I, I think, that, you know what? I think that that really, really hits the nail on the head. Um, you have been complimenting my phrasing um, on this, and I really like to, to pass that ball back and say that <laughs> extremely well. I do think you we are eliminating. We're eliminating that. And I don't. And it comes up and the ability to genetic mirror. Um, I mean, again, this wasn't with my donor, but because I've never spoken to my donor, um, but I did speak to my donor conceived sister. First time I got on the phone with her, her voice tone is the exact same as mine. I heard her anxiety oh, wow. build up the same way mine did. And it was like talking to myself, except she had That's a Southern incredible. accent. So she, I heard myself in a Southern <laughs> accent. Um, but it was literally, I was like, I was talking to myself for the very first time. Like I was talking, it was incredible. And it was a piece of genetic mirroring that I've never had because I look so much like my mother. But now these pieces of myself that I'd never seen before that I'd sort of put back in the, put in the back of my head, I'm now, I'm hearing it for the first time. And seeing my, my donor and seeing my, my nose, seeing my skin tone, looking at his daughter and going like, oh my God, I totally look like her big sister. And, so, and so it's almost like um, genetic. You're saying, if I'm saying, getting this correctly, correctly, the mirroring is an important part of yeah. development. Mm -hmm. um, I guess adoption is a whole other thing that we could talk about. Although open adoptions have become much more. Um, well, I would too. definitely, I would, I would want to call in one of my amazing adoptee uh, <laughs> allies uh, to that conversation because um, they, they are, they, they are an amazing, amazing bunch of people. Yeah. So, so you're saying that um, I think from a recipient parent point of view, we're quick to say that genetic mirroring, or let's just call it nature, is not as important as nurture. And what you're what you're saying, I think, is that they're both equally important. I think that they are both equally important. And they're I, th I think it's it's tough because it's one of those things where, I, you know, the, the saying like DNA doesn't matter. DNA doesn't matter. And DNA does matter. They, it's both true. Yes. And what a world we're living it's in. Both where we're true. so black and white. Things that seem diametrically opposed can be exactly the same thing belong in the same place mm -hmm. it's like we need a new venn diagram 
well, we need a Venn diagram. That's just one big Venn diagram of the Venn diagram. And um, what a beautiful world that we live in where things are complicated and they're nuanced. And that is part of the beauty. And what I would always always kind of take a, a second for recipient parents to always think, I mean, I know this this isn't your case, but for so many recipient parents, it's like when when you dismiss your child, be like, oh, that, you know, yes, you're, you're D, you share DNA with that person, but it doesn't matter. You know, we're your family. It's, I would always ask the recipient parent is like, well, then why did you choose donor conception? Why did you? Right. You chose it because you wanted to have one of you to have a biological link to your child. So you should understand more than anybody why that child is seeking out their other biological link. It's not too... Incredible. It's incredible. I need to like go back through this and just like write down your little phrases and make a page on the My Donor Story website. Like these are the Laura Hyisms. Like it's just it's just like my heart just gets it's like pounding with each thing you say that's just so profound and makes so much sense. Well, I will say I, uh, this this is this is stuff that also I've been learning myself. Like this is something where um because of the the community of donor conceived people, people have been, you know, like a lot of these things Things. I'm not the first person to say them. Um, I just and so so please, please, you know, give me give me a, only a salt of credit um, because I do know that there are so many other people who have said these things before me. Um, and I have being part of the community has been such a gift because I have been able to put to words what I have been feeling for so long. And that has been that has been tremendous. And I do think that. Um, and I, I genuinely, genuinely believe we can get donor conception to a child centered space where. Recipient parents are going to feel safe and secure. Donors are going to feel um, are, are going to be treated much more safely and they're going to be talked to honestly. But I do feel like so many a, a lot of the problems when it comes to not not all of them, but some of them, some of the problems that happen with donor conceived people is comes from the insecurity that recipient parents feel. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's why I do think bringing it back to your books I absolutely think that it's a it's a it's a tremendous tool to talk to donor conceived people with it. But I love I do think the accessibility of your books are going to make recipient parents feel seen. If and I can, and I think that that's so to important. Both the recipient parent community and give a gift to the donors and give a gift to the children uh, that are conceived um, and birthed via mm -hmm. both. Um, then maybe this was what my struggle was all about. Maybe it was getting to a place where there was some meaning attached to it. Um, and certainly the one I care about the most is my daughter. Yeah. And if, and if you think uh, that this is the kind of thing that is right and good for her, then I'm just so pleased um, and um, humbled to, to be given that sort of stamp of approval from you. I, I, I love... I, I love anything that is on the I, I love anything that is that is on the right path. And this absolutely is. And it is um, and I can tell and see how much love it was written with. And I love oh, that. And I can see that. And I do I do really appreciate how conscious you were of um, making sure that all kinds of families were 
shown. I think that that is just so important. And I also love how in the book you use the anatomical terms such as sperm and egg. I love that, by the way. You can't, you cannot have a dad, a doctor dad, and like start using cute little terms. I mean, like my, like I followed my dad through the hospital my whole life and we saw his patients and then he went on to be a a science teacher and like, like, yeah, I mean, this is, this is exactly, like, I always say, like, you know, like, I love is that. my book some incredibly award-winning story? No, but is it scientific and accurate? I think so. I, I felt we needed a book that was literally, like, my mom read me a book when I was a baby called Before You Were a Baby, and it was The Facts. Yeah. And I wanted that for our kids. And I, I loved that, I that because that's something I think that, like, really, because I agree, I think that using using the anatomical terms is so powerful it normalizes it and in a very healthy way and i think it's explaining the science as accurately as you can obviously you know i think is is so great and i the reason that i i also i think that like you know these kinds of books are so important is i i get so many recipient parents messaging me saying how do i tell my kid this what what language do I right. use? What do I well, say? That was, yes. <laughs> that and, was what this, this was literally like, yeah. What do I tell my kid? Yeah. Writing it out because I wanted it to be right. I wanted it to be, yes. I wanted it to be child centered. <laughs> I wanted to add things that I learned from the donor conceived community. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be scientifically accurate. I wanted it to have a beautiful analogy that made sense to a child. Like, so I, I had to do it as an exercise for her before I realized this is bigger. This is much bigger. And I think that that is it's it, it and, I, and I think giving parents a, that tool, recipient parents that tool. Um, and again, I, I just uh, due to the amount of recipient parents I talk to on yeah. a daily basis. I love that you guys DM me all the time, by the way. Do you want to be my agent? You can yeah. be my book agent. I mean, um, send you a pile. You can mail them out. <laughs> oh, my God. No, yeah, li literally that <laughs> we can talk afterwards. But um <laughs> I do think giving them a tool and empowering recipient parents saying, no, it is okay. Do not feel shame. Do not feel insecure. Your family is valid is so important. And I do think that your book does hits that mark so nicely. Oh, um, thank you. And I, yeah, I, I really do. And I. That means the world to me. I'm sure I've said that 50 times. I can't even, ex I can't even express it. Like my heart has no words for like how that lands for me. Um, I'm glad to, it just doesn't it just doesn't I mean I never like six months ago would have thought I would even be like sitting here having such a deep powerful complicated interesting conversation with you based on these books I wrote like it's all kind of hard to believe you know and I had my baby on my own during COVID like oh the last God. three years is just like it's like wait what oh like, my God <laughs> everything is sort of wait what you know but what a what an awesome what an awesome sort of like tribe of people we all are together you know and I and yes. I and I obviously we each have our separate tribes but we're all one community and I I yes. feel like what you're doing here is bringing it all together um and even for my story which I started off with like talking about you know the difficulties of dating like it's so nice to be here with you and I mean that so literally well thank you no I I really appreciate your your vulnerability the the questions that you're you're asking um are valid questions and i really really want to say that they are valid questions i get recipient parents asking them all the time and to me they are understandable questions to ask now and i think that they are so important to talk about 
Um, and I know for me, I want the next generation of donor conceived people to have better access and better things than I did. And, you know, all of my, my fellow donor conceived people, certainly my age, um, I want, I want the next generation to be good. And the only way we're going to get there is if we have these conversations and we, we talk about these things that are so important to talk about and talking about the nuance and talking about the feelings, talking about the emotions, um, and listening as a community, because yes, I, I am, I am do or die donor conceived. I am my, my, mm-hmm. my donor conceived. Like I always tell my other, my other donor conceived, um, my community is like, I know we're not related, but we're fucking family. I know yes. we're not, I know we're yes. not. And it's sort of weird for me to say that because the whole like, you know, DNA doesn't matter. It's like bullshit. <laughs> right. But well, uh, I think single moms by choice feel the same way too. And donor yeah. conceived parents, feel, you know, like when you find your little tribe that understands yes. you, there is literally nothing. It's almost like you found the aliens from the same planet while you were, you're walking on yeah. earth going, where are my other aliens that look like me and understand me? And so I, we, I, I understand that as well. I understand. And that's so yeah. important. And it's important yeah. that my daughter has a donor conceived community yeah. To be able to speak her truth too and maybe even improve on like you're doing. Absolutely. And I and I think that, you know, for every, every generation, the whole point is we pass the ball to the next generation to do a little bit better. But yes, like, you know, I am I am my my donor conceived people and I we we are our brethren, we stick together and mm-hmm. you know, I love them, but and but I also view donors and recipient parents as part of that same community. I love that. It's and, very nice to be included. And I <laughs> really because we we are and we all I, I mean, not not we all don't know this, but I do think it's if we're going to change the industry, we do it together. Um, and there's no way we can't do that without recipient parents support and understanding. We need donors to also be um, also on our side as well. Um, that's how we change the community. It's not just going to be donor conceived people. Do I think donor conceived people who should be front and center in the conversation and be actively be the ones who are like there in the room writing the laws? Hell yes, I do. But I also know we ain't going <laughs> to get there by ourselves. And we, we right. need we need to, as a full community, come together um, because just, yo, we live in a capitalistic society and recipient parents ha- carry the purse strings and right. the donors supply the supplies. So right. That's the truth of it. And that's why we all need to be in an understanding, empathetic space to all another. Um, Thank you for creating that space. Well, but I mean, I I know that like (laughs) I'm sure there is a recipient parent saying that, excuse me, but what about that time you like roasted me live on your TikTok? And I'll be like, well, you were being a dick. Yeah, I mean, see, you and I, now we have to have a part two where we laugh a lot. Yes. This was so, because I'm like, I cannot wait to laugh with her. (laughs) Like, wait a minute. I laugh, like, all the time, and I did comedic improv, and you're a stand-up comedian, and like, wait a minute. So maybe that's part two. Maybe we we maybe we do that another time. But, maybe know, this, that is. This uh, is definitely an unexpected but delightful and eye-opening <laughs> direction that we got to take. And wow, wow, wow. No, and I and I thank you and thank you for coming in with 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 um with all with everything and thank you for 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 adding and and you know and helping, um. And, and giving a, this really beautiful gift of your books to recipient parents to really help them along. Because I, I do think it is going to help. I, I do think it's really going to help out a lot of recipient parents um, find their find their voice, find their security and let them know that it is OK. Because I do think that that is so fundamental. 
Um, so very much thank you for that. And thank you for also listening to me and and validating my my random little donor conceived thoughts and feelings and, you and have stuff like so many interesting and insightful <laughs> things to say. I'm sad that it's over and I hope we can do it again. Oh, thank hell, you so much. hell yes. And, and <laughs> as always, and I'm here, uh, you 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 have you have my DM ability. So DM away. I'll slide in. Slide, slide in into my DMs. <laughs> okay, as long as you promise me we can laugh next time. Oh, God, yeah. No, we next time we'll do drinks next time. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Off to uh, off to my session, but um, off to your I'll session. And thank you. Thank you. So, so much. Thank you. And give that very, very sweet baby a hug and a kiss from me. Will do. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>